once you start putting content on social media, you are a media company. You're not an advertiser. You're not, you're a program director. The program director at a radio station is the person that decides what songs are played, what order is played, what promotions they're doing, all that stuff. And they decide, well, we need to strategically place these ads within an hour of radio so that people listen to our station longer. We can't have too many ads together. People punch out if they, if they get more than five. You know, this is there's a total science to that type of stuff. And the same thing is true with your social media feed. Welcome to Market Like a Rockstar with your host, RPI. Bridging the gap between business, mindset, and marketing. This is your invitation to stop selling and start telling. Dive into a world where stories and advice aren't just shared, but crafted to build brands that resonate, captivate, and earn trust. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, or a marketing professional, let's hit the road to brand empowerment together. Your journey to becoming a magnetic brand starts now. Episode six, Market Like a Rockstar. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. My name is RPI. I will be your host as always. And wow, it has been a crazy month and a crazy week. Uh, I'm recording this in the middle of December, uh, 2023, right at the end of the year. And I remember, like, I think I was thinking back earlier today about when I was in sales, which was for like five minutes. I was in sales for, I mean, four years, but, you know, it felt like five minutes. And I remember December would come around and it was basically like people were just checked out, right? Like nobody was doing anything. Work was not happening. It was just, it was cocktail season. It was Christmas party season and holiday party season, end of year wrap ups, things like that. And that was nice. And I'm here to tell you that that is not what's happening right now at all for me with my clients, which is good. It's a good thing. It's like, it is actually strategy season at RPI world headquarters. And it has been incredibly busy, incredibly good. Um, but man, it's been just a lot going on here and getting ready to wrap up 2023 and get ready to go into 2024, which is going to be a crazy year. We already know that, um, with all the stuff going on in the world and, you know, all that stuff. But really, I, I was, I, I'm excited about the new year. I'm excited about getting all of these things like lined up with my clients. I love strategizing. I love doing that stuff. I'm doing it for myself for the first time. As you know, this podcast is a big part of my strategy moving forward, but I'm also diving deep into LinkedIn and things that, you know, looking at content for myself, which I've not done in years. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and along with that, this is something that I meant to bring up earlier. I think it was the, it, this, this happened on Thanksgiving. So it was a, a few weeks ago. And since then we had the issue with my dog and it, you know, it's just been busy and I forgot to bring it up on the podcast after Thanksgiving. So I'm going to bring it up now. And the funniest thing happened on Thanksgiving, I was at my sister's house and my uncle came up to me, who is my dad's brother. And we're, like I said, my family, I've, I've said it before, we were incredibly close. So my uncle literally grew up, I grew up on a farm. My uncle grew up three pastures away from me, which will sound funny to anybody that's not from like the country, right? So uh, super, super close. And he is, you know, I mean, when I say they're, he's my uncle, they're older, he's 71. He's not like 90, but he's not 50, you know, he's, he's 70, he's 71 years old. And he asked me at Thanksgiving, he's like, Ryan, I got to know, like, it's like, what, what do you do for a living? And this is my uncle was, you know, I grew up on a farm, but my uncle was in sales. My dad owned a, like a caster retailer. So my dad owned a shop in Kansas city, but we had between my 
uncle, my grandfather and my dad, we had like 33 or 34 acres that, you know, we had, we grew grew our own beef. (laughs) We had our own cows that we would have, you know, we'd have somebody come butcher them and everybody in my family got a side of beef, the side of beef, you know, that, that was like, that was my childhood growing up. You know, I was weekends, you were up shoveling manure, literally like cleaning out stalls. Cause we had a few horses that my dad would, you know, get as he would either, he would either breed and like raise colts from birth, or he would go buy horses and break them. And it was a cool, it was a cool upbringing, but my uncle was not a country bumpkin. You know, he sold electrical equipment his whole life, but it's just funny how he's, he asked me what I do for a living. I tried to explain it to him as best I could, you know, but it's, it's so funny because the job that I have now, it didn't even exist. I mean, forget about when I was in college, when I was in college, it wasn't even, not even close, but even 15 years ago, the job that I do really wasn't even, it didn't even have, there was no such thing as this job. And the fact that all of this stuff has happened so fast, um, is crazy. When you sit, when you sit and like, look back, you know, at the end of the year, I always look back on stuff and it's, it's really amazing to see how far technology has come, especially with all the AI stuff that's rolling out right now. And it's just out of control. But my uncle asked me what I did for a living and I kind of, I I told him as best I could, but he said, you know, I asked your dad and, and he tried to explain it to me. And that is when I thought, okay, this is definitely he might be the first guest on this podcast. My dad might be the first guest on this podcast. He's definitely going to be on this podcast, whether he doesn't know it yet, but he's definitely going to be on this podcast. And the entire purpose of his appearance is going to be him explaining what I do for a living. I can't even, I can't even imagine what he tells people. And I think it's, I think it's funny. Um, and my dad's always been supportive and, and all that. And I just, I think it would be hilarious to hear him, uh, kind of talking about what I do for a living because I'm down here every day doing this stuff. And, you know, a big portion of my family has no idea what it is that I'm doing for a living because, you know, in their defense, they didn't, they don't know anything about what I do. And it's, you know, if you're in this space, if you're a business owner, then if you're a business owner and you're over 40 years old, then, you know, you've lived through it. You've lived from, you've, you had cassette tapes and CDs and now it's like, everything's on the phone and it's a wild time to be alive, especially if you are, if you're not in retirement mode, you know what I mean? If you still have to be in the, the, the workforce, it's, it's absolutely insane. And I I had a conversation with a buddy of mine about this. We talk about it a lot. Uh, A friend of mine who's in media and we talk about, there was a sweet spot of time for like, you know, the baby boomers really had it in a good, in a good way because they could go to school, get a degree, learn something and basically apply it. And if they were good at what they did and they showed up and they, you know, kept themselves out of trouble, they could basically do the same job for their entire career. Like my dad started his job, the the job that he had forever, essentially. I mean, but he started selling casters and dollies in like 1981, 1980, 1981, something like that. He bought the company in 1983 and he did the same exact thing until he sold the company in 2016 and retired. So that's wild to me. And if you're like me, where you're in your forties, you, 
don't have any opportunity to like sit back and you can't be on cruise control. Like you just can't, our generation and future generations can't be on cruise control unless you hit, you know, unless you've got $10 million in the bank or whatever, unless you just like absolutely crush it. And, 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 you know, Patrick Mahomes can be on cruise control when he retires, but for the rest of us, for the normal people out there, um, it, we're going to have to be continually evolving. And my buddy that's in media works in radio, you know, he started a podcast and all this stuff. And it's, it's nuts because when we came up, the whole goal was, you know, you had to go through all of these, you had to jump through hoops and you had to, you had to get past the gatekeepers and then you had to get in and you had to become even at a local level, a local TV anchor, a local radio, like a morning show host or whatever. And now it's just that whole world is upside down on its head. And that is just, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's, it's a crazy thing. I think about it a lot and I'm glad that I enjoy learning because if I, if I was a fixed mindset person, I think I'd be really stressed out right now. But luckily, um, if you do like to learn now, you, you can get your hands on information incredibly easily. There's, it, it's never been easier to actually learn pretty much anything. So that part of it's awesome. So anyway, we'll get into, uh, we'll get into some more, some more marketing and business stuff here. I had a, uh, in the last week and a half, I've had two different, I don't know if they, I would call them acquaintances or, you know, colleagues. One was a referral and one was somebody that I've talked to that, that owns a business. I've had two people call me needing help for a product or an event like right now, like they, they, like I, there was a, somebody was doing a grand reopening in a week and they, 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 they had ran into a client of mine and they said, Hey, you know, who does you guys a social? It looks really good. And, and, you know, thank you very much. Very kind. And so I was put in contact and, and they were worried about promoting an event that was going on in one week. And the same thing happened with, uh, Another a person that I know that does does some e-com stuff uh, got a text. He's like, I need help with SEO right now because th- we've got this product and it's almost identical to this other product. And this guy's product is uh, seasonal and ours is year round. And I need help with SEO. And in my mind, I'm, at first I'm thinking, I don't think SEO is necessarily what you're, I don't think that's what you're meaning, but I'm also in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if you need help like right now, then you needed to have started a plan and working six months to a year ago, minimum, you know, and this is a great time to talk about this because we're getting, it's the end of the year and it's time to start thinking like, what are you going to do next year? Are you going to do the same thing you've always done? Then that's great if, if you're happy with where you are, but if not, you know, don't be the person that is calling somebody who is a marketing expert or a guru or a strategist or whatever, five minutes before you need something done because they're either going to lie to you and take your money and probably fail. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything. You can't just turn a spigot on and get leads or purchases or whatever overnight. Like that's just not how this works. And it's amazing to me how many people still don't understand that. And that also reminded me of a story from back when I was selling radio advertising the second time when I was, 
I was older. I was about, you know, late thirties, early forties. And I was, I'd been out, I'd done the music thing, came back to Kansas city and I was working for a, a radio station here in town and a, a call came in for, uh, I think it was an HVAC company. It was a, it was a service-based business and they had $5,000 that they wanted to spend in the next two weeks. And so I'm like, oh, this is, this is a good, this is great. You know, it's a, it's a great lead. And so I went out and I met with them and I sat down and I said, well, you know, really the way radio advertising works, we need to build it out. You need to like basically build out your budget. I always tell people for a year, say, what can I afford to budget for a year? Say, okay, 60 grand, like it's five grand a month and it's 60 grand. Let's work backwards and let's figure out how to make that $60,000 work best for you. You know what I mean? But they said, no, we want to do this. We want to, we've got a special or they had some offer that they wanted to, they wanted to test radio advertising for two weeks. And even though I knew that this wasn't going to work and I told them like, well, that's not really how this works. They didn't want to hear it. All they wanted to do was test this. Now, now I am not the type of person who will take people's money just to take their money. If I can't, if I, I'm not going to sell somebody, I'm not gonna let people put good money after bad. Generally speaking, the other problem was I had a budget I had to hit, right? So I had a quarterly budget, a monthly budget, all these things. And the way this radio station had things set up was, which is a whole, this is a topic for a whole different podcast, but the way they had things set up was they would give you a, they would say, okay, your budget is $50,000, $100,000 a month. And if you hit, if you hit that, then you, then your commission is higher than if you miss it. So you were really incentivized to hit that number. But the, and the bigger problem was the budget that they gave you, there was no set rule. It wasn't 5% more than last year, 10% more than last year. There, there was no fixed number. They just, they just pulled, they just pulled this budget out of the sky and be like, you need to hit this number. And I'm like, well, how the hell am I supposed to hit it? Well, that's, you got to figure it out. And it's like, you're going to get 8% if you don't hit it, 10% if you do hit it. And like 12% if you like go over whatever, I, I can't remember the exact setup, but that's kind of the way the structure was. So this is another reason why you don't want to be in a hurry because if you call somebody who is a sales rep for maybe an agency or a media company or whatever, and you say, I've got five grand, I want to spend it right now. That person needs to hit their budget, right? They need to sell $50,000 that month, 80,000, 100,000, whatever it is. And your $5,000 for them they're put in a terrible position. As a sales rep, you're in a shitty position because you're either going to make your number and take $5,000 from the client when you know it's probably not going to work. They're not going to get a return on their investment at all. Or you tell them, keep your money, which you know they're going to take and spend somewhere else because they were this, these people were, they were going to spend this money and they were going to run this test as they put it. Um, so really... That is, that's the situation where you, you are, you're, you're going to find sales reps out there who are, they're put in a position to where they have to choose to either succeed on their own and maybe not do what's best for their client or lose the money, not make the money and do the right thing. And it's a God awful position to be in. It's a, it's a terrible, I, I, I did not 
there were several things I did not like about that situation. And one of the, one of the things was the pay structure where I just, I couldn't understand how you would just come up with the arbitrary budget. Now, I mean, I could, again, if you said, well, you need to improve 10% year over year, I get that. Like, okay, well, yeah, I need to be going, but, but just to pull a number where it could be a 50% increase and there's for no reason, I couldn't understand it. But my point is do not let it get to the point where you are in it, where you have to have marketing work in a short time frame. Don't ever put yourself in that situation because I, I just, I, I've never seen it work. I've never seen it. You know, I've never seen things just, like I said, you don't just turn on the the marketing spigot and all of a sudden leads or customers or prospects or whatever you want to call it, start rolling in. There's there, it takes time and it takes strategy and, um, that is, it's a good reason to start planning for these things in advance. You know what I mean? And so that kind of gets into, okay, you're planning, what are you going to do for 2024? Like, what is, what does your strategy look like? And I, I have seen a lot of, I, you know, I, I've, I fall into, I'm, I'm in that, in this niche, this, these are the videos I watch. These are the, the algorithm feeds me this content all day. And one of the things I thought was interesting, and I think it was uh, it was one of the big marketing influencers was talking about how podcasting is going to be the new blogging, which I, I personally, I agree. I, I've said it before. I think podcasting is incredibly powerful for a lot of reasons. Um, so I think podcasting is something that people should be doing. You know, if you're in, especially if you're in a space I mean, it re- and it really doesn't matter what, what space you're in. I mean, ideally if you were, in a, a a knowledge field, like if you were a lawyer or if you were, uh, you know, an accountant, if you were, if you had one of those things where you could grow your, where your, your brand is really going to become your network and your network is going to become your prospects. That makes sense. But even if you are, you know, a, a plumber or a, in the service, the service world, uh, if you're a gym owner, you know, it's still a great way to get a lot of high value content very quickly and very affordably. Um, but the other thing that I, I was watching a, uh, one of the videos I got fed besides the one that talked about podcast being the new blog, I got fed a, a, a video by Gary V and he was talking about how the cell phone is the new TV. And I think he made a really good point. His point was basically you could look at companies that were just crushing it in the, 30s and 40s. I'm not sure when the television was invented, but they were killing it on radio. They were using radio because that's what everybody listened to. That there was no TV yet, right? And then TV came along, and there were those people that just stuck with radio. They didn't want to get into TV. They wanted to stay with radio because it always worked before. And they ended up losing to the people that got into TV. And now the new thing, I mean, and it's not even new, but it's, I mean, it in the big picture, it's still new. It doesn't feel new, but honestly, any like social media people still, it's still a very small percentage of people that are contributing to the content creation, even though it doesn't feel that way. A lot of people aren't doing it. And I, I have looked at, I've had a conversation with my friends where I look at, and I'll use TikTok as an example, but you could say Instagram reels, a short form video, pick your format, right? A lot of people, you know, when TikTok came on and they, they, they really, they, they, they transformed everything a couple years ago with their algorithm and it being more interest-based and all that stuff. But 
I didn't look at TikTok and I still don't look at TikTok or these other formats as competition in the social media landscape as much as I look at them for, I look at them as competition for Netflix and for, you know, I mean, what's whatever's left of cable TV, streaming TV. And I say this because my wife and I will sit down to watch a show on whatever. And, and unless it's a show that we're like really, really into, um, nine times out of 10, if we're, we'll end up on our phones scrolling through stuff versus watching what's on the TV. And I saw this video that I thought was, I thought was absolutely hilarious um, because this actually speaks to it. I know I'm not the only one like, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way, right? So I, it's definitely, this is, I think this is like the new normal. We'll see, see, see what this, listen to what this girl says. It doesn't feel good to admit this, but I legitimately don't have the attention span anymore for TV or movies. Like I'll put something on and I think I'm going to enjoy it. And then the next thing I know, I'm not enjoying it because I'm just looking at my phone. And sometimes I delay putting the TV on. I'm like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to commit. She's not ready yet because she doesn't have the attention span for TV. So again, when you're planning your strategy for 2024, the most important thing that you can do is get yourself lined up with where people are. You want to go where people are going to be. And right now, everybody is on their phones, right? And it's been that way for a few years. And there are there, there is truth in the fact that people that watch long-form content are more va- are more valuable than people that watch short form content. And what that means is if you've got somebody who is is popular on TikTok and they've got a million followers on TikTok they are going to get more you would get more benefit from having I don't know what the exact number is but you would get more benefit from having 200,000 followers on YouTube if you're making five, 10, 15, 30 minute videos, if that makes sense. So there, there is, there's definitely room for both. And I think that if you've got the ability and you've got the time, I think the, the smart play, and again, podcasting falls into this because especially now YouTube is getting into podcasting. YouTube is, they've got a, they've got a podcast tab on every channel now. So if you have a podcast, it's almost like having its own playlist but it's set up as a podcast. YouTube is actually really pushing podcasts right now, video podcasts. So this is a great time to do that because again, it's almost like, so if I take this podcast and chop it up, the short form stuff is like highlights. And hopefully if people like what I'm saying or whatever, then eventually they would go check out the long form stuff where they're listening to either the actual full podcast or watching the full length video on YouTube. And those people are, they're building a relationship with you. You're building a relationship with them. So even if you're sitting there saying, you know, I had an, I had one of my episodes, one of my first couple episodes that I, that I put out, I had like 40 people watched the episode and that's like nothing right from any content creator. They'd be like, that's, that's nothing. But to me, if you told me, Hey Ryan, I'm going to let you go into a room full of 40 strangers and they're going to sit and listen to you talk. That's pretty damn impressive, right? So you kind of need to flip the script on its head a little bit and be like, yeah, I don't have a million followers. I don't have a hundred thousand. I don't have a thousand followers yet. But anything, anybody that's listening to you is better than nobody listening to you. So you've got to get started with that stuff. And 
the, the phone is the TV. That's where people's attention is. So if you can find a way to activate short form video and long form video together, I think that's a hell of a good strategy for 2024 and beyond, especially like right now, like I said, the ver- vertical video stuff, people are still liking it. TikTok is starting to push longer vertical videos, which is crazy. Um, they're trying to get people to you know create videos that are longer than a minute, stuff like that. So I think that when you're looking at your, your strategy for 2024, if you leave video out of it, I think you're... I think you're leaving money on the table. I'll say that. And when it comes to creating what type of content you should be creating, then I come, I always come back to the, you know, the, the stop selling starts start telling thing. And I, I also, I, I stumbled onto a great TikTok about uh, from, from a gal that used to work at, um, at Red Bull. And I'm going to play that for you right now. And then we are going to, uh, then I'm going to go ahead and give you my, my thoughts on that after, after I play it, okay? So let's do this, and let's do this. But you won't find a single product photo on any of their pages. Tap me in, coach. My name's Kaylee. I was a social media producer at Red Bull for four and a half years. I produced content for our main handle. I produced content for our vertical channels. I traveled all over the U.S. I even traveled part of the world. When it comes to how Red Bull makes social content, I know a thing or two. What I wanted to say is what this guy's talking about in this video about how product photos are not featured in Red Bull content at all. It's incredibly intentional. In fact, it's one of the main pillars that is drilled into your head when you start working there. Can placement must be natural to the environment that it's in or don't include it. Like if you're doing an athlete shoot, we would try to take a couple like naturally placed shots of them drinking from the can. But if it looked weird or it was tacky or it was out of place, we cut it. And this is because Red Bull was selling a lifestyle. And they were one of the first brands to realize to really do this, you need a content house. So they created Red Bull Media House. And Red Bull Media House was an entire separate entity, an entirely different business than the actual Red Bull that was the product. They created this entity so they could hire tons of producers, editors, creative development people to just fill out this entire ecosystem of content that you see on their social channels. And they were genius for doing this. Having that many people on staff and like a vertically integrated system meant that you could move fast and you could be always on. And it's why you're now seeing a lot of other major brands do the same thing. And whether you like the product or not, you know that they crush it on social media. We can't deny that. So I absolutely love what she's saying there. And you're probably going to say to me, if you if you have watched my previous episode, you're going to be, Ryan, you just told me that I should be copying smaller creators, not massive, huge companies like Red Bull. And I agree that is correct when it comes to the type of content you're creating. But what I want you to what I want you to think about is how is Red Bull? How are they looking at their feed? Like you need to look at your feed like it is an entire magazine or an entire day of television. And what that means is you're not just going to, you don't want your feed to just look like advertisement, 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 advertisement. And there are so many social media, there are so many companies that still, their social media is still, that's all it is. An example is one of the companies that called me for the grand reopening. I looked at their Instagram and I'm like, oh man, this is just Canva graphic with the deal of the day, Canva graphic with the deal of the day, Canva graphic with the deal of the day. And, and, and I'm, I'm just like, nobody wants to see that on their social feed ever. So when you're looking at yourself, like you are a media company, like there's, there's, once you start putting content on social media, you are a media company. You're not an advertiser. You're not, you're a program director. The program director at a radio station is the person that decides what songs are played, 
what order is played, what promotions they're doing, all that stuff. And they decide, well, we need to strategically place these ads within an hour of radio so that people listen to our station longer, right? We can't have too many ads together. People punch out. If, if, if they get more than five, you know, this is there's a total science to that type of stuff. And the same thing is true with your social media feed. You need to give people content that is educational, entertaining, make them laugh, make them think, come up with content like that. And then they're going to like you. They're going to trust you. They're going to know you. And when it's time for you to have a grand reopening, then you say, hey, by the way, thanks so much for checking out our content. We've got a grand reopening happening whatever day. But this location, we've got all these. We've got a blah, 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 whatever it is, right? But I really, like, I really want people to think about when they're moving forward, think about the idea that you are programming your social media channel like it's a radio station or a TV station from the top down. Think about the content. You need to keep people there. And if you're just telling people, hey, I got a $14.95 oil change, well, that'd be a pretty good deal, I guess. But (laughs) I got a $89.95 oil change, you know, come in and see me. People are going to, they're going to tap out. They're not going to follow you. They're not going to engage with their content. They're not going to care about it. Things like that. And the other thing of it is when you do start planning out your, when you do plan things out, like when you're not panicking with your hair on fire at the last minute saying, oh my gosh, I've got these products that I I need to sell immediately. And I need, if I don't sell them, then, you know, all hell's going to break loose. If you do plan your stuff out, then that gives you the ability to do really, really cool stuff. And this is a good time of year to look at some of that stuff. And I pulled a few items that I saw. And again, these are massive companies, right? So I'm not saying, hey, go copy Red Bull. But what I'm saying is if Red Bull is not just having pictures of their can saying it's, I don't even know what a can of Red Bull costs. It's, you know, two for $5 at Quick Trip or whatever, wherever you buy your Red Bull, like they've got, no, they're selling a lifestyle, they're, they're creating entertain, entertaining, entertaining content for their audience, for people that would like Red Bull. Well, what do those people like? Well, let's give them that in their social media feed. And the other thing you can do is you can do these cool things like, like what's, what I'm going to show you right now. Now, I think this promotion is over, but uh, let me see. I pull that up right there, and I will do that right there. And I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is a Pizza Hut promotion that they ran at the end of the year that was awesome. Pizza Hut is a real one for doing this. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, Pizza Hut released this mat right here. Every morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, we still have today and tomorrow because this goes through the 10th. If you go to Pizza Hut's merch shop, that was a tongue twister, you can snag one of these. And basically what it is, is you leave it at your doorstep and any delivery driver can scan that code right there and get a free pizza. You'd love to see it. And even though Pizza Hut is only giving these away until December 10th, the doormat codes are valid until the 27th. So delivery drivers can redeem them. All the way up till the 27th, they can scan them. I'm going to be logging on tomorrow to try to get one. That is great marketing. At this time of year, people love to see things where companies are giving back. And Pizza Hut is getting brand recognition because what if, you didn't, if you're listening to this and you're not watching it, it's basically a doormat that you put out there and it allows delivery drivers to scan the doormat and get a discount when they order a pizza at Pizza Hut. So it's just, it's just an incredibly unique way to market your product. And this thing, I, last night, uh, my, my wife came home and she said, Hey, um, she's like, Hey, go tell Alexa to thank my driver. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, she goes, well, she's like Alexa or Amazon has this, um, this program now where 
they uh they basically give bonuses to their drivers when you say Alexa thank my driver right and this, this is I'm going to share this video with you real quick and show you um exactly how they do it because I thought it was again amazing killer marketing Amazon not Amazon doesn't have the best reputation for the way they treat their employees. It's a mega company. There's a lot of things to dislike about Amazon. I think we all can agree on that, but they figured something out. They figured out uh, how to deliver things to people and they figured out logistics and they're killing it. And this marketing play is brilliant. Glad you enjoyed your most recent delivery. Since you shared your appreciation, as a special thanks this holiday season, your driver will receive an extra $5 at no cost to you. This promotion is for a limited time only. So that right there is another just amazing example of marketing that gives back to people. And it's still great. It, it, it leaves you, you know, it leaves you feeling good about Amazon of all companies, companies that, that people just, you know, they don't generally feel good about it. Like you buy things from Amazon, but everybody kind of knows in the back of their mind, like, you know, you hear the stories about the way the drivers are treated, the way the, the warehouse people are treated and all of that. And it all very well may be true. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm, I'm sure there's some truth to it, but this is a killer promotion. Just for, take all the, the feelings out of Amazon and look at the way they look at what they did. They built brand. They made you, they, they gave something back to their employees at no cost to you. And it's social. It's something you want to tell people about like, Oh my gosh, Amazon's doing this. Go tell people absolutely brilliant. But the King, the King of end of year marketing, in my opinion, goes to Spotify with the wrapped list. And I am going to, I'm going to share with you my Spotify wrapped because I think it is, I think it's fun. And I, I'm going to show you some of the songs. Let me see if I can turn this thing on here. If you're not on Spotify, then you might not know about this, but I love the wrapped, the wrapped thing at the end of the year. And basically what they do is they go through and they tell you, uh, this is who, how much you listened. This is who you listen to most. And then they've got it set up so you can automatically stare this, share this stuff to Instagram. And it breaks down your number one, the number one artist you listened to. My number one was Need to Breathe. My number, oh, who's number two? Let's see, we go back. Number two is Judah and the Lion. Number three was Van Halen. We're mixing it up there with some, some old school music. Number four is Fits in the Tantrums. Number five is OAR. I think it's just top five, right? Yeah, that's just it. Top five. But I just absolutely love, and I think that Spotify just completely, they just completely nail this. Every single time I get the Spotify thing, I look forward to it. It's a fun thing to do. So again, you don't necessarily, you don't, you don't have the budget of a Spotify. Um, I don't expect you have a budget of a Spotify my point in sharing the things that Amazon and Pizza Hut and these giant companies are doing is to give you an idea of how to think outside of the box. You know, how can you give back to maybe your employees or give back to the community around the holidays and still get good 
you know, get good branding for yourself, get good name recognition, get yourself out there, get top of mind awareness. I mean, this, the end of the year is a great time to do that because it's the holidays. But if you look at your calendar for 2024, you can schedule things that are fun, that are around all the things that go on throughout the year. I mean, if you look at, you know, you've got, when you get into the spring, you've got March madness, you know, you've got, uh, you've got the masters in April, like look at all, and those, those are both sports related, but those are big cultural things. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, my, my, my point is if you take the time to plan, especially if you could plan out your whole year and you look at, you know, what, who, who, who are my ideal customers? Who are my most valuable people out there? What are they into? If you take your time, if you spend the time now, especially if you are lucky enough to where it's slower this time of year for you, which a couple of my clients it is, and this is a great time for us to get into the weeds and really like dig deep and come up with ideas because once things start rocking and rolling and things get crazy busy, you don't have time to sit down and come up with ideas and things like that. So if you've got that downtime during the holidays or now, take it, take that time to meet with your you know, with your, your business partners, your staff, your, your husband, your wife, and bounce off ideas and come up with stuff that, that stuff that you liked, you know? And one other thing that I would tell you to do when you're planning for 2024 and you're planning next year is keep your eye out for things that you see that you like. Like if you see another company running a killer marketing promo and it's, you know, for the beginning of summer or 4th of July or whatever, Write that down so that next December, when you're planning for 2025, you can pull out your notebook or pull out your Apple, pull out your Apple note and go through those ideas and look at your long-term, look at your long-term plan. Like what can we do to get in front of the right kind of people and how can we stay in front of those people? How can we bring them value? How can we make them laugh? How can we make them think, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I really wanted to touch on a few of my favorite end of year promo things and kind of wanted to give you my two cents. Like this is what I'm doing for myself and for my clients as we're wrapping up the year as I'm looking at like, okay, what, what, what am I going to do? Where am I going to be? How am I going to showcase myself, my services, all that kind of stuff. And how can I try to, you know, continue to build a community here online? Like, how can I do that? And there's a lot of great ways to do it. And this is the a really good time to plan it. And the other thing that I wanted to touch on, the last thing that I was going to touch on in this episode before before we wrap it up is um, I wanted to talk about if you are getting in the position of hiring somebody to run your social media or to help out with your content or whatever. um, This is something where I think a lot of people don't understand the amount of spokes on the wheel. And I, and I, and I, and I know this is true because I, because I I talk to small business owners about this stuff all the time. And unless you're in this space, like if you're already, you know, if you're, if you've got a $50 million company and you've got an agency employed and you've got your systems and processes all set up, you already know this stuff. You're not going to be shocked at what, what it costs you to effectively mark your business. But if you are, you know, three years in five years in, and you're a $2 million, $3 million business, and you want to start getting into doing some marketing, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to get some sticker shock like that. It's just going to happen. And I've had this happen with clients in the past where, and I've had it happen where people would send me, I had a, a friend 
say, hey, my company is looking to hire, they're wanting to hire somebody to do our social media. We have a podcast, blah, blah, blah. They, they're looking for somebody for this job. They want somebody full time. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Well, send me the information. So I looked up the job post and I wish I still had it. This was back in 2021. So this is a couple of years ago. And I looked at it and I, I knew they were hiring somebody full time, but I also knew what the salary was and it was low. I mean, when I, when I look at it, it was, it was low for what they were asking for. I mean, they were asking for somebody who, and I'm going to, I'm going to list out a handful of things that are individual jobs that a lot of people just think, well, if I'm hiring you to be, to do my social media, you should be able to do all these things and do them well. Okay. Number one, graphic designer. Number two, copywriter. Number three, blog writer. Number four, photographer, photo editing. Number five, video production. Number six, podcast, production, creation, et cetera, et cetera. And number seven, email marketing. Like this is, this is a, uh, just a group of tasks or a group of fields of work that a lot of people will lump in and they'll sit there and say, well, I'm going to hire somebody and I'm going to pay him 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, maybe even 60 grand a year to do this stuff. And the idea is, because if you hire, if you hire someone like me, or if you hire a fractional CMO and somebody comes in and says, well, it's going to cost you, you know, uh, like, let's just say, let's just throw out a number, like four grand a month, right? Like, well, if I could hire somebody for 48 grand a year. And you say, yes, you could hire someone for 48 grand a year. But the problem is the person that you hire for 48 grand a year is not going to be able to do all of those things at the level you're expecting them to be done at. I can guarantee it. Or like here, here are the two scenarios that's going to happen. And so let's say you want to hire somebody, you're going to pay him. Let's just say, let's just use that example. Let's say I'm going to pay somebody 50 grand a year to, to do social media for my small business. And I expect them to do all the things I just listed out, right? They need to be posting to, they need to be posting reels to TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube shorts. They need to be posting, uh, you know, graphic design content to LinkedIn. They need to be writing a blog, let's say once let's say twice a month, uh, they need to be producing and editing a podcast, let's say two times a month. Um, they need to be pulling content out of that. They need to be on Twitter. They need to be posting to Instagram. They need to be posting to stories, all of these things, right? Which is, these are all parts. This is, these are like sums of the part of what I do for my clients. And the problem is, let's say, so let's say you hire that person, you find them, you bring them on board. Generally speaking, it's going to be someone pretty young, um, let you're hiring somebody there a couple years out of college and, and they're, you know, they're very excited to get in and start working for you. One of two things is going to happen. Most likely number one, you're going to hire somebody who is a clock watcher. And I call it what I, when I say clock watcher, what I mean is somebody that wants to come in and punch in and punch out and you need to hold their hand and you need to tell them exactly what you want. Cause you're going to have to spend all the time saying, Hey, I want two Instagram reels posted per week. I want repost to LinkedIn uh, a week. I want blah. Like you're going to have to be very specific. You're going to have to hold their hand and you're going to have to hold their feet to the fire because they're going to do as little as they possibly have to, to get by. And I've seen this happen. I've seen it happen where somebody gets excited. They bring in a, a, a young, a young person. It doesn't have to be a young person, but this, in the case I'm talking about, it was, and this person was just no motivation. 
Like I, I, I couldn't like, I was like, you need to, and this person came to me and said, how do I, how do I, you know, what, what should I be doing? I said, we well, should be writing every day. If you want to write blogs, that was part of the job. Well, I could do maybe one blog a month. I was like, one blog a month. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? Like that's, it's crazy, right? So you're going to, the possibility is you could get somebody and that person, you will be able to keep on staff, you know? So if that's what you want, if you want somebody to say, well, I got a social media person they're you know they're on staff they they show up and they they got their two weeks vacation and they you know they they post what I tell them to post when I tell them to post it but those people are generally not going to be the ones that are looking around the corner and saying hey you know maybe we could start using AI for some of this stuff or you know we should start posting carousels on LinkedIn now because that's really doing well like they're not going to bring those ideas to you a clock watcher is literally going to do exactly what you tell them to do and not one thing more and they're going to probably, maybe they'll stick around for a while. So that's the first person you're going to get. The second person you're going to get is the person you want. The person that maybe they don't have a, enough experience to get a job. So like 50 grand a year, which there's nothing wrong with 50 grand a year, by the way. But like, that's, that's great for them. But what's going to happen is they're the people that are, they're self-motivated. They're self-starters. They are problem solvers, which let me tell you something. If there is something that this world is in, dire short, there's a dire shortage right now, regardless of what industry you're in of people that can actually figure things out. And it's, it's ironic because it's never been easier to figure things out, but that is in short supply, right? So let's say you get that person that is just a total rock star and they're crushing it. And let's say they came in with experience. They came in with a little bit of video experience and they really started excelling. They dove into they continue to get better at video. They dove into photography. They dove into graphic design. They got into the podcasting thing. They started figuring out and they're crushing it, right? So they're going to stick with you for six months to a year. And then they're going to realize that they could hire themselves out to four people and make more money than what you're paying them and do the same amount of work. So that is the big issue. If you get the right person for that job, then you're going to have, to, or you're going to have to pay them for it, which is the other option, which is you need to like, you know, you're going to have to pay them for it. And that's, that's a risk because you don't know, Hey, I'm going to spend, you know, close to six figures on somebody. And I don't know if they're going to be able to produce what I need. I don't know if I'm going to get return on that investment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when you have a crazy long list of, I don't know if you'd call them demands, but like, you know, of, of things that you want this person to do, Understand that you can either get a clock watcher who's going to do exactly what you exactly what you tell them and nothing more, and they might not even get everything done that you tell them, or you're going to get somebody that takes the bull by the horns and actually kicks ass, and they're going to realize that they're very valuable because those people are hard to find, and if they're self starters, they're going to look around and they're going to say, well, look, you know, this video guy out here is making two hundred bucks an hour. And I'm, I'm shooting video like crazy and I'm making, you know, they're going to do the math. They're going to, they're going to connect the dots and they're going to realize it makes more sense for me to be a freelance person and be working with three, four, five, six companies, however many you can manage and, and, and do things that way. So if you are a small business owner and you're thinking to get into getting into that world and you're like doing that math problem, which is completely legitimate, right? Because you have to, you have to justify if you're going to spend four grand a month or five grand a month. And this person's not even coming in to work for you. Like it totally makes sense. But if you go to an agency, you're going to find out very quickly that you're not going to move the needle 
for under four or $5,000 a month. And then when you get into an agency, when you are spending that level of money, you're going to be their smallest client, which means you're going to get the new person that comes on board and they probably stick around, look at the turnover. They're going to stick around for a year and you're going to have to retrain people on your brand, your voice, et cetera. So those are just pitfalls that I, I want you to be aware of. I, and I want to, I want to try to like help you understand that if you're not familiar with this stuff, which most people aren't, they have no idea. They think if you're going to do social media, they think of it as all like an all encompassing deal. But the reality of it is you look at what most people think of and it's really, what did I, seven different jobs. Like if you hired an agency, you would have, you would have people, you would have a graphic designer that was working on the graphic design. You'd have a copywriter working on the copy. You'd have a blog writer, probably maybe the same person as a copywriter. You'd have a photographer that was doing, none of these jobs would overlap if you were hiring an agency because these are all very specialized fields. And it is like, for me, I've been able to say, okay, well, I can go super wide and fairly deep in some things, deeper in certain areas than other, but you really want to be aware of that. Like, I want you to know that if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, it's going to cost, you know, three, $3,000 a month or $4,000 a month. That's not necessarily crazy. If you've got them, if you're expecting them to do seven different jobs for that time, you know what I mean? So that's really about it. Um, on that note, I'm going to wrap <laughs> on that note. I'm going to wrap up episode six of market like a Rockstar. Thank you so much for checking this podcast out. I can't tell you how much it means to me still just getting my feet wet, getting started, super excited about ending this year and starting off 2024. I hope you started off with me. If you like what you heard on this, be a friend and tell a friend. And until next time, stop selling and start telling. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Market Like a Rockstar. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Help us out and share this episode with anyone that you think might get value from it. For more info, correspondence, and links to all of our socials, visit the website, rockstarmarketingpod.com. Until next time, go make some content, build your brand, and be sure to stop selling and start telling.